John and Kay from St. Agnes, and you're listening to Interview Under Fire. All right, everyone, welcome aboard to a brand new edition of Interview Under Fire. This is your beloved host and Sonny here, as always. And today I'd like to welcome some insanely talented people, uh, Kitty, Austin, and John Topnell. It's an honor, guys. Thank you both so much for joining our IUF series today. I know we are quickly approaching a big day for you and the gang over at the Mighty St. Agnes of your newest album, Bloodsuckers, drops July 21st on Spine Farm. Congrats, first off, because you guys have been building momentum as of late, and the reception has been very well received with these jaw-breaking singles. At least I know my neighbors love it, considering (laughs) my window's right there and my stereo's right there. I just blasted in this quiet neighborhood. I mean, songs like Outsider, Animal, and like the title track, you know? A lot to look into about this amazing album and everything that went behind it. Before we get to all that and beyond, I know it's we tried to, like 15 minutes into this, we've been trying to like connect and my camera just wasn't working. I don't even think I asked you this. How are you guys? I know we're officially oh. midway through <laughs> midway okay. through 2023, which is crazy. You're, you're about to start this exciting tour with monster magnet i mean exciting mm-hmm. times right have you had the chance to just mm-hmm. take this all in or are you guys just you know what eh, it's just another day it's all good like how are things right now with y'all <laughs> it's just everything's really busy everything's hectic yeah we haven't had much chance to take anything in it yeah. feels like every single day we have kind of like a combination of loads of shitty jobs we don't want to do coming up that yeah. are all the behind the scenes stuff that you've got to do with the band and real life things and then we're also getting to do, you know, stuff like this. We like talking about the record and, yeah. and then working. We make all of our own videos. So working on the videos. I think that's and, like why we've been so busy is because we yeah. like are control freaks about every aspect of this band. So we make everything and do everything ourselves, really. And like, it doesn't really give us a second ever to just like, sure. oh, like, no, that went well. Yeah, we it's never have to the next we thing. sort of finish the edit of the video send it to our manager and before he even responds we're kind of thinking about the next thing that we're going to do um just we're always excited by the next things coming up we're already talking about what we want to you know we're kind of like what could the next record sound like you know and stuff so we're just always excited about what's coming up it's always to have uh it's always nice to have things like that to look forward to like once you get done with something you already you already started on the next thing and i know dropping an album in the middle of all this I, I feel like it makes things even more exciting, I bet, especially when you couldn't do something like this three years ago. Mm-hmm. I remember when we had guests on our show and what do we do? We do a live stream. Yeah, it's really yeah. cool to do a little mosh pit in your own room, but how much longer can you do it for? Uh, yeah. So so it's really cool to hear that from you guys and, and mm-hmm. just this experience because this was a normal thing before everything shut down, which is crazy to think. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, guys, I'm mentally like still trying to get over 2019. I don't know about you guys. Like I'm somehow yeah. we aged three years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It does say it just it it seems crazy that like from the last show that we did for lockdown was Valentine's Day 2020. Mm. Um, crazy. And we were supporting um horror, you know, H yeah. yeah. guys, and we supported them and it was fucking brilliant. And we were we had a sold out London show coming up a few weeks later that just never happened because of because of COVID. Yeah. And we just feel that things are starting for us to come back to normal now, I guess, or back to yeah, kind of like, like that point. The machine is finally like back up and running. It's taken it's been tough, but it's taken a while. Yeah. Um, but we are, yeah. We've been fucking it. sprinting the whole time. Like yeah. we haven't let the ball drop, but like it's the industry and all the stuff around it that takes time to get back yeah. up again, which is understandable 
understandable, you know, it's 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 been been crazy and it's just um but it's just really exciting that we've got this record coming out that we are that we couldn't be more proud of and happy with how it turned out. And even now that we're for us it was like we finished it mm-hmm. around about December, probably. Yeah. We finished yeah. it in December and we still like it. So that is a really good sign, you know. Normally, yeah. by the, once you finish something, you've listened to it so many times, you're kind of sick of it. But rehearsing the songs for tour, it's just been great. We can't play them enough, you know. Really happy. You know, you're talking about things that you're working on, and uh, I want to mention this because you guys are from the UK, and if my math is correct, this is ten years in the band's existence. Is that is that right? <laughs> Oh my God. I, I, I don't know. It's just crazy. Fucking I'm not hell, trying to make it feel old, but you guys have been oh, on. Quite the... hell, <laughs> like I said, like I said, I, I probably know yeah. more about you guys than you do, but, but you guys have been, like I said, you've been on quite the journey, you know, uh, Kitty, also, you too, you know, you, you dropped Welcome to Silvertown back in yeah. uh, 2019. I love that album, by the way. I know. Yeah. And in that 10 year time span, I know we talked about throwing a pandemic in there somewhere, which is crazy. Yeah. Do either of you look back on the early days of the band when all this began? Because, you know, 10 years, that's not an easy thing to do, like to still stick around. And really, Mm -hmm. I feel like you guys are at your best. Thank you. Uh, 10 years. I mean, it's (laughs) it's it kind of is and it isn't because we we started the band pretty much the day that we met. And we just immediately we had a kind of a no filter approach to doing stuff. We were just, we immediately put some music out. We just booked some shows. We didn't really know what we wanted to do with it. All we knew that we were in other bands and we were doing stuff that was really carefully thought about those other bands. They were very like uh, serious projects. And we were like, this was our side project really. But we just wanted to do something that was kind of more spontaneous and just for ourselves and see what comes out and so we just started the band but it feels weird to think that that was this band really <laughs> i i don't yeah. really count this band as starting until andy joined us on drums yeah, like, yeah. that was the point i think that was 2017 andy joined us on drums and that was the point that kind of like we got to play live loads and we found yeah. out oh this is who we are and I think the songs that we were writing, finally, we had someone with us who was on the same page and could really take what we were doing and run with it and make something of it. And we were playing shows, suddenly going, yes, we're proud to be in this band. This is this is the sound we wanted to make, whereas yeah. it wasn't and like, like that. And finding like four people who are like, right, like, fuck, let's go. That's, that, you know, if you've been right. in a band, just know that that's like really difficult to find four people who like are happy to you know work a shitty job to like fund a band happy to not go on holiday because they can't afford it happy to piss off their girlfriend you know constantly <laughs> because they miss anniversaries they miss yeah. this that, and the other so like i think until you've got like everyone in your band who's like fully heads down like commit to it you're not it's you know you, it, it hasn't really, really started work, yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah so i kind of i i think that the band started in 2017 we recorded Welcome to Silvertown in we recorded Silvertown at the end of 2017. Yeah. We didn't release yeah. it in 2019. Um just because just because music industry stuff, you know. It was yeah. we'd gone from we we went from just recording something and just like, you know, rendering on a computer and 
uploading it to Bandcamp yeah. to suddenly we had like actually like a distributor and we had a process and a manager, a manager <laughs> and people being like you know what we had a booking agent so it's like don't release your album yet we need to build up to do the album release tour mm. uh, which was the right thing to do but it meant yeah. that when we went on tour for that record those songs were already feeling quite old for us and we yeah. had moved on to being a heavier band already and so we played that tour those songs like, they're like you know it's like a little blues punk kind of album that is you know it's like it's not it the way we played those songs on tour was like a metal band um, and there's lots of like recordings out there on YouTube and stuff like that. And the songs are almost like unrecognizable, really, because mm. they're played with this. We realized that what we liked about performing live was just absolutely all in. Anything could happen. Like dangerous. It. You know, like no one knew yeah. what was going to happen. Yeah. That's, that's what we enjoyed doing. So we played that little, like, those little, like, bluesy songs in this absolutely, like, insane, kind of aggressive. Um, it was like white, it was like White Stripes music played by mid nineties Nine Inch Nails, you know. Like, oh my gosh, that was okay. On, so that's so on crazy. A, on a budget, it's so crazy. You said that, John. I was thinking about like a heavier version of like White Stripes, or maybe even like Starbenders. And shout out to them; they've been on our show. As I was mm-hmm. listening to this album, you know, the thing about the live music that brings out the best in both of you. I feel mm-hmm. like out of anything you've done in your life, Kitty and John, this is where you guys are both in your element. I've seen. You guys cut loose like what all the footage on our YouTube. You guys, I got to You guys got to bring this to Texas, man. I'm telling you right yeah. now, like you guys will fit right in. But yeah. it's it's really cool. You talk about how uh, your sound kind of just evolved, you know, mm-hmm. as you grew together. I wonder yeah. when that happened. When it's like, okay, this is what we really want to play. Mm-hmm. It, it, these songs feel old to us, but let's let's. This is a way we can evolve. What were you guys listening to at that time that maybe have influenced you? Whether it's uh music or maybe if it's just uh, movies i don't know you know mm-hmm. so many things around us can really influence us into who we are did anything just click for you that that you can pinpoint yeah this is it this is this is the direction that we want to take i think um like more than music the thing that really inspired us and gave us like a thing of that's what we want to do like that's who we want to be Mm-hmm. It was it was more about um, Trent Reznor is a really good example. People, artists who are compelled to make music, they're not making it because they want to. They're making it because they need to make it. Like they, it, it's just flowing yeah. out of them, and it's super authentic and honest. And that's like what really inspires us. So, someone like Trent Reznor is a perfect example. Like you just feel like he needs to, you know, do Nine Inch Nails. Mm-hmm. And PJ Harvey is another great example. Of wow. Yeah. Just mm-hmm. does PJ Harvey. She's not. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think you could say like what genre she is. She just is PJ Harvey. Mm-hmm. I think that's like really what influenced or inspired. Yeah, it's that kind it's of like we... search for authenticity, and mm-hmm. we try to think, well, what we're taking away. Kitty and I have a tendency to just talk and talk and talk. Like we love it, and it means we can really like philosophize and like dig deep into things. But it also means sometimes that we kind of talk ourselves out of a good idea, mm-hmm. and we we try to remove that and just be like, well, what shows have we enjoyed the most that we've played, you know? And it's always been these visceral, chaotic ones. And we're like, well, let's just write songs that are going to be really Good great vehicles for, for doing do that. that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it sounds like grew out of playing mm. live shows, really, and what we wanted to, like, be able to do on stage kind of shaped how mm. bands, like, sound has progressed, I guess. 
do you remember, sorry, do you remember specifically being in the car and putting on Roots by Sepultura mm. and that being a oh, sonic man. kind of revelation? Because Kitty hadn't heard that album. Mm. Like it somehow kind of, you know, things, you know, you can't hear everything. And I put it on. And you were, that first riff when it came, you're just like, fuck. <laughs> and you were, you said to right? me, like, why do you write riffs like that? Yeah. And I was like, okay, <laughs> here we go. It's kind of permission to like try and try and match that. And it wasn't just, it's not just heavy, it's really raw and it's really exciting. And it it feels like it's it feels like it's exploding and pushing beyond something. And and I know that I know Kitty really well, and I know that the thing that you you were excited by it wasn't just here's a down tuned guitar playing heavy things there's a lot of bands doing that it's it was no here's a thing where the, he's just like roaring you know like it's absolutely just pain isn't it yeah, like, it's, yeah. Just, it's, just, it's just the best you know like that that first that album is incredible. it's like he comes from the earth i always think like that that roots album like it's like some kind of being coming out of the earth and just mm-hmm. like oh it's yeah amazing. yeah a fundamental <laughs> force of nature yeah. like it's yeah. it's incredible and like that really that resonated um and the other one was like when we listened to the downward spiral together again we were really late to a rehearsal because there was traffic <laughs> and stuff and we were listening to the downward spiral in the car and i remember it was just it was the right album at the right moment and we had some pressure from various places kind of being wouldn't it be great if you guys were just a bit easier to kind of categorize and you guys were just like played the game with a more pop punky thing and stuff. And like, we were both thinking we really don't want to do that at all. And that album totally doesn't do that. And it really inspired us to be like, fuck, this is incredible. It just breaks all the rules of conventional rock, but it just, it rocks harder than any rock band ever did up until that point. And we were like, let's let's do this, you know. So Sepultura and Nine Inch Nails and our live audience yeah. were pretty fundamental. I love that you mentioned those albums. I because I feel like you were describing my own experience as I was listening to Roots for the first time as well. Isn't it cool? Like you st- we still get to reference those kind of albums mm-hmm. into into the way we make music. And mm-hmm. and as you know, you're talking about like the genre thing. I'm thinking like down like five, six, seven years down the road. Hey, because if there's a new out al- new band coming out, okay, they sound like Saint Agnes because you guys are also forming your own style of genre. Because I can't e- even like compare to you you guys with anyone. Maybe I can try. I'll fail every time because that's how original you guys sound. By the way, right. shout out to Nine Inch Nails. I saw them for the first time um, uh, last year in Chicago in Riot Fest. Holy mm-hmm. shit! I mean, yeah, uh, that was a crazy fest because the first day we covered. Uh, and it was My Chemical Romance. Second day was Misfits. By the way, that was cool to see the original lineup in person. Yeah, yeah. That was like yeah. a bucket list check out. And then Nine Inch Nails, the last day. It was just, we almost forgot to shoot that show because the you were just, it's like Star Wars, yeah. the Death, Death yeah. Star <laughs> tractor beam just pulling you in, right? Absolutely. You can't do anything but just watch. But, yeah. uh, you know, Trent Reznor, he obviously he left, it, it seems like he left an imprint on all of us. And it's really cool to see to have something like that and take with you moving forward. Moving forward, let's talk about Bloodsuckers. We talk about everything except the new album. <laughs> let's get to it because yeah. this drops on July 21st on Spine Farm. And yeah. I just want to say Bloodsuckers Forever, St. Agnes Forever, because this is also the first release with Spine Farm. Yeah. And that's an important thing I want to mention because also the fall of the 2019's uh, Welcome to Silvertown. That album, 
uh, Welcome to Silverstown was released on your own label, guys. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Having said that, was there a level now having some uh, having been someone who owned a record label with my brothers uh, 10 years ago? Was there a level of convenience on having to release with a different label as opposed to on your own? Because Spine Farm, that's a big step. That that yeah. you, you have some great label mates on that on that yeah. on that label. Yeah. So tell me about that and, and just the experience on having this new chapter. I would say like that wasn't a reason at all, actually, because we are, you know, this band is like precious to us. It's our entire life, really. We don't we don't do anything else, do we? And we haven't done and we know. Not no. Let me get back to you on that. <laughs> and the other thing is that we are like obsessively in control of everything about St. Agnes. Um, and that's, you know, why we had our own label and put a record out on our own label was so that we could have full, full creative control or control of everything. Um, we met Dante, who's um, kind of head of Spine Farm, mm -hmm. about... Yep getting on for like a decade ago right like seven, met really in the seven eight years ago yeah he's been coming to shows that entire time and um i wouldn't trust anyone on such a massive label like the only reason we're with spine farm is because you know dante is like a true friend to us right More than a friend, really he's like he's a mentor and, yeah you know he he's someone that he's been involved with records that we love and he's been involved with them because he loved the music and he really deeply understood what those bands were trying to do. And so when he says, like, oh, I was involved, you know, I spent loads of time with Lars in the early days of Metallica. And wow. he'll say, like, you know, Lars just really wanted to do this, like, motorheady thing. And he, and he talks about this kind of, he's so passionate in the way that he talks about people's passion for music. He's, he's like a fan of bands like truly is a fan exactly and so when we were talking about what we want to do um and what we've wanted to do the whole time he's known us when we were just tiny babies as a band he treated our vision and total, ambition total with total respect, respect. yeah total he respect. you know that in at a time when we were struggling to like get a show you know or trying to get a tiny radio station on the south coast of the uk to play a song or something you know to have someone like him go that sounds like a great idea i love what you're thinking there and he mm -hmm. took time to really delve into it that's allowed us to build an incredible trust with him that when we came to do the album we knew like well we're on a major label everyone's expecting us to kind of do the major label thing and make it all glossy and nice and dante was like you do your thing like you're We've signed you guys because you know what you're doing. No one else understands your vision like you do. Mm. So the less people that get between your original idea and the end result, the better. And mate, like that is fucking rare from a music industry <laughs> yeah. person. You yeah. know? Um, so it's yeah, it's just really valuable to us having him, you know, just like working. With yeah, yeah, he's so supportive, um, and we've. Yeah, we're really excited to see what the future holds with working with Spine Farm. You know, we've literally, we've barely scratched the surface um, and they're a really great team. And um, it's weird from going, doing literally everything ourselves. Sometimes we'll email them being like, have you guys got the right guy? Exactly. exactly. I was thinking about that too. It's like, and those that, things, that, like, and they're like, anxiety, like, like, yeah. <laughs> 
the anxiety like, like slips in it's like hey are, are, is everything okay should we do anything like you know yeah. I, I know exactly how you guys both of my brothers are drummers so th- th- we've seen uh, different aspects of that of that industry which is really cool i think a shout out to dante because it i feel like it really exemplifies just beyond the individual that's just part of a label because he cares about the craft that you guys have put out and uh it's it's really thank you for sharing that story about him so it it really means a lot and this album great album by the way i love this album i heard i here's what i did guys i heard the new one then i went back and listened to uh welcome silver silvertown and then i could almost feel like the two albums here complement each other maybe that's just me but i if i were to introduce someone to saint agnes i would have to have hey I want you to listen all the way through to Welcome to Silvertown and then Blood Servers because you're going to feel that momentum just build and build and build. And as far as the sounds of, you know, metal and punk and industrial grunge, everything that I grew up with, like I said, this album took me back to that time. And I really appreciated that. It reminded me of, you know, a mix between, you know, we mentioned bands like Nine Inch Nails, right? Hands Off Gretel, Skating Polly, uh, Patrol Girls. I don't know if you guys know any of those bands, but those like stuck in my head. Uh, I was talking to a friend of mine. I don't think I've never shared the story. I'm thinking about it right now. Uh, Not not too long ago. And she messaged me on Facebook saying, hey, uh, Sonny, uh, thank you for uh, that. It was a high school friend of mine and I burned her a disc back then. And it was filled with all those bands I mentioned. I was thinking to myself, man, if St. Agnes was around at that time, they would be the perfect band to like just put in that mix with her. And she gave that CD to her daughter who's 10 years old. So she's growing up on that music. So anyway, I just wanted to share that story, how much, how much it means to me, especially with the genre that you guys are pulling out. And I, I, I knew that the fans did appreciate that last album. I wonder, you know, with this transition, this is a big chapter for you guys, John and Katie, was there any, I don't know, any pressure trying to follow up that album? Because I think you guys set the bar pretty high but this one, you can't even see my hand because the bar's so high. Because, uh, I mean, good luck trying to top this one. But our pressure, do you guys feel it? Do you guys feel anything like that? Or is just, you know what? Whatever. We got that album out the way. Let's do whatever the fuck we want to do, you know? Yeah. Yeah. The, the latter. Um, so the album was made um, like a few. We started making it a few weeks after sadly my mom passed away. Um, yeah. It happened like really out of the blue, really suddenly. Um she was very young. It was just, just a crazy thing that happened. Um, and I was like, obviously just, you know, on the floor really. Um, so we started, we started making this album really like weeks after it all happened. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think like when something traumatic like that happens to you, you really develop a, I, I, I did. I, I really, I changed quite profoundly as a person and I really was able to see like what's important and what's just bullshit and not important mm-hmm. um, and able to sweep away all the stuff that isn't important, all the stuff that's bullshit. And um, that's like, that's just how I feel now, really. Like, it was really important to me to make an album that I loved. That was kind of my only goal was like, you know, make something that I genuinely love, that I can hold in my hands and, and love every part of. That was the goal. Um, and I don't, I just don't feel, you know, I don't really give a fuck what anyone else thinks, really. Yeah. Like, because yeah. when I think when like when these big things happen to you, you really are able to like focus in on right. Tomorrow isn't guaranteed. What's important? Like, what's fucking important to me now? And making a record I loved was, you know, the most important thing. And it, and it meant that all the potential pressures that we might have from the outside from like, mm. oh, we made a record before that had a quite a different sound to what we're doing now. 
and there's fans of that record who might be expecting something the same and we just didn't we just all of that was swept off the table and it was very much a let's just make a record for ourselves that really means something to us because ultimately the thing that we're attracted to most in our favorite artists is authenticity so let's just be authentic and it removes so much pressure as soon as you do that because yeah you just do your best and that's it you, you do something that you listen back to like you, you do a take of a guitar solo or you sing a vocal and you're like yeah that's it that that's the best i could possibly have done in that moment and i absolutely and felt every yeah. minute of it mm -hmm. cool done you know um, and that's it's a great thing to do otherwise you're just going back and you're trying to make a product to please people that's the that's the extreme other end and right. there's an art in that but it's not something that we find Satisfying. 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 And um, um, Katie, and first off, thank you for sharing so much about that. Not easy to do. Uh, may your mother's soul rest in peace. And my heart goes out, out to you, really. I, I felt that all those emotions in this album, the fact that you were able to translate all those feelings into such a productive outlet like this. I mean, it, it's it's so how do I say it? therapeutic? It's there's yeah. a release that you get, you know? And, uh, uh, you know, we're, I've dealt with loss in the last year and my family as well. Um, but it, I, I really related to that as you were describing your feelings. It's just, man, now I, I'm going to go back into blood suckers and really just let all this out. I mean, from yeah. the, the title track to I mean nothing to you, which that may be my favorite record on the album. I still can't decide, uh, to that. This is not the end, which is, I, I love that. Uh, that track is so perfectly placed in the middle of the album. And then it just picks up with the next one at mm -hmm. war with myself was so good forever and ever was such a great way to end the album. I felt mm -hmm. like I wanted to break into the gym in the middle of the night and just lift beyond my limits. <laughs> yeah, I listen. I listen to this music late in the night. And I, like I said, I live, beyond your limits. I live in a, I live, I live, we don't I want to be responsible for the medical bill. I live, a, <laughs> I live in a quiet neighborhood. So you can tell how it was just hard to, I had my dog with yeah. me. So he was like, kind of worried about, you okay, bro? <laughs> moshing by myself in my own room but there was also this level of maturity into this band sound and your insane vocals holy shit katie i mean listen to you now like how i don't care how you do it but it's amazing i i do wonder <laughs> i was i was thinking about like this like the the song structures right i i wonder how much if if it if it did how much did things change from when you guys first started composing on this album to where you ended up finishing it did, did a lot change in between did, did nothing change did you have a specific sound from day one i wonder about that especially for a band of like your genre that bends so many different things into into this mm -hmm. album mm -hmm. uh i don't for us the idea that we take a lot of ideas and bring them all together to us that feels entirely natural it never feels and we don't feel like oh let's use a hip hop drum beat and let's have like this punk thing. We don't really think of it like that. We just create something like it and then grow it. It's to us, it's entirely organic and doesn't feel as complicated. I think maybe as it, it kind sounds. of sounds. Yeah. Um, I think we're always like particularly with this record, like the thing we were saying, the thing we wanted to do was how does this song best serve the emotion that mm -hmm. I'm feeling, that I'm singing, yeah. like how do we best build the song like around that and i think that's that's 
that's like it wasn't as you say like let's choose a hip-hop drum beat or whatever it was like how does this part of the song how is it best served mm-hmm. how's the me how does the music best serve the vocals the vocal and the, 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 the yeah, yeah the meaning behind the song you know and i think and i guess that's why it does come from like everywhere um, yeah it, it was as long Sorry, as, I was I was gonna say go ahead, go ahead. I'll, I'll go after you, I promise. <laughs> I was just gonna say that I think that as Key and I like we see ourselves as band people more than musicians. Like mm. being in a band is our main skill and we see ourselves as kind of producers, maybe more than like songwriters in a way. Yeah. And mm-hmm. a good production has to have like one common thread running through it, even if lots of other things are changing. And for this record, the common thread is Kitty's vocal. And we we got a lot of confidence from that from the first song that we recorded for the record was Follow You. And that's the only song wow. that we didn't do every single thing on it because we were, Kitty was in a very emotional state. We knew we wanted to make this record. We had a vague idea and we had some riffs and some song ideas ready to go. And Follow You, we wrote really quickly and we did a, really good demo of it and we were really happy like that that feels like something important and we had a chance to work with a producer potentially for the album we're like we don't want to do the whole album with a producer it'd be great to work with someone on the first song just to help give us an anchor some kind of like like a direction direction yeah just to help us realize our vision because we suddenly felt on on day one of recording we felt a tiny bit overwhelmed by like well how do we, we know what we want to sound like, but how are we going to get it? What's our process going to be? And so we, we wrote a very short list um, and Sean Bevan, who um, yep. he and engineered Nine Inch Nails stuff. And, you know, he's, he, he's like heavily involved with some of our favorite music. Um, he was on the list and we approached him and sent him the demo. And he's like, I, I fucking love it. And I really want to do something with you guys. Um, and we worked very quickly on that song where he basically said, I just really like everything you guys are doing. Just have faith in yourselves and go for it. And he said, when it comes to the vocals, and this is the bit we were most worried about, like, should we be recording on a super expensive microphone and soundproof everything and make it, you know, yeah, ma- you know major, major label, label like, ready. Yeah, yeah. We actually need- and he was like, <laughs> where he goes, well, for the downward spiral, we gave Trent Reznor an SM58 in the control room and just cranked it and just said fucking go and so that's what we did and um <laughs> and, it's, sick. and like that gave us that permission like it gave us a process we're like cool if it's good enough for the nine inch nails it's good enough for sean bevan and we sent him uh, what we'd recorded he mixed it and sent it back and we're like yeah that i, I always remember like he said something good. that like really stuck in my mind which was like i'm not in the business of making sean bevan records I want to make the most Nine Inch Nails record that Nine Inch Nails can make. I want to make the most St. Agnes record. I want to help you make the most St. Agnesy record you can make. And that really stuck in my brain. And as you say, like, he gave us confidence and permission to be like, no, like, what you're doing, what you've done here is, like, sick. Like, mm-hmm. just, you know, fucking go for it. I Don't c- worry about the gear. Don't, you know, focus on, like, emotion and getting those performances across. That was like, yeah, it was a blueprint for the rest of the album. Yeah, yeah. he was like, uh, you know, um, one of the films that we watched just on the build-ups, this was Karate Kid. And, um, <laughs> you, know, you, know, 
you know when daniel's all like punch drunk and he's injured and yeah stuff. that's that's the state that we were in like kitty was like you know reeling from what life had thrown at her and sean was kind of a bit of a miyagi thing of just like believe you know and and uh, <laughs> And, that's uh, so cool Kitty, start, start calling her daniel son all right let's go yeah exactly <laughs> and katie just crane, crane kicked the album in the fucking face <laughs> that's so awesome man someone like sean sean bevan just giving you guys just the props that's like okay yeah. someone like sean's doing it like yeah hell yeah we're we're yeah. definitely gonna do it and you know uh something i was i was thinking about as you're telling me about the way you guys are representing your sound my Karanika from Devil Wars Prada was on my show. Shout out to him. He said something that also stuck out with me. I feel like it, 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 it's almost describing you guys as well. He talked about how he wasn't trying to expand the sound of metalcore, but bringing new elements into it to make them stand out. And I think you guys are doing that with with this here. And it's so amazing to see. With I mean, you have all these like collaborators and people who are like working with you. And it's 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 just so cool to see. Like there's a level of, being proud myself like i'm proud of you guys really talking about like your journey to to get where you are right now and uh i i want to talk about also ryan freaking brown who's your bassist he, i mean uh who took over after yeah. uh, after after sean bevan you know um yeah um yeah. replacing anyone on a team is never easy mm -hmm. i wonder what new element does ryan bring into saint agnes that the lineup may not have had before like you know because yeah. because i feel like you guys have finally had like the chemistry for saint agnes now oh yeah um i think because ryan's quite new to all of this yeah. ryan's his friend's baby isn't he he's, 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 yeah, he's not really been in a touring band and stuff <laughs> yeah before. he's been in band just throw him into the fire he's fine <laughs> yeah oh yeah exactly um but and i so i think the thing that i love about ryan is getting to like see the stuff we get to do through these like fresh you know eyes of someone who's not done it before and it's really like reinvigorated us to think like wow this this is fucking amazing yeah like things you take for granted like having a rehearsal space that we go to and like have like a rehearsal this sounds really fucking good you know like he's he's used to dealing with like bandmates that don't turn up having to book some shitty rehearsal you know all these oh, things man. And, like, just like <laughs> turning up and being able to be he's like fuck i can't wait to rehearse and it's like oh cool shit you suddenly see oh, yeah. it through <laughs> someone's eyes rather than being rather than being like oh man tomorrow's gonna be really tiring as you know we've got these other things to do you just he's like yeah. a puppy like he's just so so excited which is That's crazy so great He's like six foot tall with face tattoo, mm -hmm. you know, full body. Like to describe <laughs> him as a puppy. He's bringing some childlike <laughs> wonder to the proceedings. I think yeah. what, I think any any every band could use someone like that. So yeah, and, yeah. And, but on 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 the record itself, um, most of the bass is Kitty, mm -hmm. and the other parts that aren't Kitty is me. That's amazing. Um, That's now that, that was Kitty started off as a bass player. Really, yeah, he? yeah, so, started out yeah. on bass, and then he left the band pretty much the day we were going to start recording he left the day that we signed the deal with Spine yeah Farm. yeah exactly um so we were like fuck like you know what are we going to do like who's going to play bass on the record and we were like well, we'll you know we'll just do it we'll just do it yeah um, and we did it and it was really cool it was it was a really like collaborative process like mm -hmm. it was the same with the guitars because we both play guitar and um there was no there was no preciousness over oh this is my guitar part your guitar part it was mm -hmm. more like whoever had the guitar in their hand this is the part go for it so i'd be playing john would be like playing around with like a whammy pedal or something 
you know, and that, that's kind of how we wrote it. All yeah. the riffs and stuff. It's, it's just, just very collaborative. It's very hard to remember who played what. Particularly um, bass. <laughs> bass. I yeah. can't really remember. Um, if I listen to the individual parts, I can tell because Kitty's like insanely aggressive with everything she plays. So you can kind of hear like <laughs> when it's just on its own, you're like, yeah, that's definitely Kitty. But in the mix, like, it's definitely quite hard to tell who played what. But mm. I think that actually it was a positive in the end, us doing that, because it was such a personal record. And for Kitty, like it was really about like, there would be, you could spend like a day being like totally out of action, like yeah. emotionally mm-hmm. just not able, and then like be like, today, let's go, I want to record vocals for this song right now, just written the lyrics, let's do it now, and then we'd do it, and then be like, right, I want to finish it, let's let's get these guitars done. And so there was very much a kind of like strike while the iron's hot, that mm-hmm. if you have to have a bass player that you've got to call up and be like, are you free on Thursday to come and play some parts? We, you know, in that four days between them, we'd recorded half the album. You know, we just, when Kitty was kind of like emotionally capable, like yeah. to do it, it was fucking fast. Mm. You know, yeah. I think we probably spent, you know, it's probably like only probably 10 actual full days of tracking over, like it was, the, everything else was like lots of small bits and pieces where we'd do something and realize actually today we, we're not going to be able to do any more in that just because it's, you know, if you sang a vocal, it's taken its toll too much. We can't yeah. carry on. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's, it re- that informs the sound of the album, the fact that we just so collaborative and it wasn't so much like I have my guitar parts, Kitty has hers, the bass player has his. Um, so we're really interested to see what Ryan brings in. As you said, Ryan fucking Brown. He's going to be so happy when he... Uh... I think I think that's what you guys need to call him now. Just yeah, he will put already it, be put it put it, on, put it on a shirt. Put it on a shirt. Put it on a pick. Maybe yeah. even like uh, whatever future uh, future work you do with him on an album that that's going to be the label. <laughs> Make sure he changes. Have him change his Instagram handle to that. I mean, yeah. do it yeah. all, all of it. And also yeah, Andrew, yeah. Holy, Andrew d- uh, did amazing on, on on the drums as well. You know, because yeah. uh, like I said, both of my uh, brothers are drums. I have a good ear for for someone mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. So all of you guys just knocked it out of the park with this album. Now between you know writing and then structuring the songs and the production process, like we we all talked about, I wanted to you know kind of jump in this a little bit further because the lyricism throughout this album, I know the bulk of this entails you know mental mental illness. Uh, pent up rage, you know, the undying love, and of course, you know, grief. And Kitty, uh, I, I, this quote here, and I love this I took my rage and my pain and used it as fuel, and then I burned. And you talked about how creating this album gave you a reason to get to your feet at a time when you weren't sure if you were going to make it. Mm-hmm. I begin to think of like the tangibles of a message or a theme to your music you know uh, how important are themes to you is that a big component to songwriting for a band like saint agnes yeah yes really um, important it's everything comes from an a, a concept an idea um you know like a, a theme exactly as you say like defiant um rage yeah. the idea of like getting up again and again and again it all starts in that place of emotion and everything kind of comes from there mm-hmm. um, i mean there's definitely the theme obviously of grief on the records one of the other big themes was like um sort of like 
friendship and like yeah a strength in finding like your like togetherness like me Kitty and Andy mm -hmm. in going through this it was such a bonding experience and that's like follow you is essentially kind of like a kind of it's like a love song of it's like a rage fueled love song like in defiance of the world like a kind of like us against the world kind of feel um and forever and ever is a kind of like vampiric kind of love song again like about like an eternal sort of bond that you can only yeah. get through like suffering yeah. together like um and like me kitty and andy like that the intensity that we'd gone through it's really hard to hard to kind of talk about how difficult it was and there are other themes on the album that we're not really willing to kind of like talk about so frankly they're yeah. kind of like darker um that which is where kind of a lot of the more like rage elements come from um that when we're writing it's kind of like a theme that we kind of like are very aware of and we're kind of like we know who the bad guy is that we're kind of against and stuff um and it's that really complicated combination of hope and joy coupled with rage and hate all together and trying to fuse that into something that makes it what it is. Um, and I love the lyrics. I love what Kitty did yeah. with the lyrics. I like how, because I saw her writing them and Kitty wrote them in the moments that she was feeling those things, you know, like at war with myself mm. was yeah. written moments like after really coming out of the brain fog of like uh, a nervous kind of episode. episode. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. struggled. Um, I st you know, I have mental, definitely have like mental health problems. And that song at war is, I really wanted to make something that, that kind of the sound of it and the form of it followed one of these like rage filled like episodes I would have um and and that's how we wrote it I mean we were sat on the floor I think you had an acoustic guitar mm -hmm. and the, I was just writing out what it feels like to have that thing happen to my brain and that's that's the lyrics and then you know like when the music kicks in that industrial machine like um guitars like super grinding it, I wanted to like represent how my brain feels in those moments and I'm really proud of that song because that it really is it's so um it's like such a vulnerable uh position to put yourself in really and and now like we go to like we've, we've been rehearsing these songs up for live and thinking I'm gonna have to sing these songs over and over again on tour it's yeah it's not it's not easy I wonder about that it's too I, it's, it's not easy it's got to be challenging to mm -hmm. put yourself in that moment and it's uh man just the this the, the way you're 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 approaching your musicianship kitty and john it's there's definitely a level of inspiration to what you guys are doing i mean keep Thank at you. it because seriously it's not easy to do what you do and you guys are doing it fucking amazingly and <laughs> it's you. it's it's hitting me someone in dallas texas and i and this thing about loved up about this podcast it's going to be worldwide so people are going to be able to hear it mm -hmm. that entire part you talk about kitty about your your feelings like sitting on the floor and writing that's that's like something you can take away from all this and like 10 20 years down the road Man, mm -hmm. that's how it felt to write those fucking words, to play that mm -hmm. fucking note. And yes. it's just, you know, 
I'm thinking, I'm thinking way beyond like a St. Agnes documentary. I'm a film guy, so like <laughs> all this stuff in between. But um, as, as, one, I, one of the <laughs> one of the one of the moments on the album that always like gives me like it gives me like really strong kind of flashback emotions mm-hmm. is at the end of the song "Animal." Like that that song isn't as emotional a song in terms of like it's not about hurt and pain. It's more like an animalistic anger song like it's defiance of like i'm gonna fucking behave cra- if you're gonna call me crazy then you're gonna see fucking crazy you know but i mean kitty kitty was in a dark place when she did that vocal and absolutely threw herself at it and at the end of the song you can hear the microphone hit the wall as she threw it yes. across in the dying fever and i hear that and i remember in the moment having headphones on and just hearing this insane i thought i didn't know what happened i turned around the microphone's flying across the room and kitty's on the floor crying and i was like whoa like do we have our take you know like it was a and and at the same time as being like shit is she okay like and feeling an element of guilt over like but Kate was like this is what we want to do this is art you know let's fucking do it and i that still gives me chills every time i hear that moment because it was visually physically and sonically like all-encompassing and i remember i heard it felt it saw it it's right there we didn't we didn't edit it at all okay here's what's cool you conquered those demons right you did all right that's fact the cool thing about it is when you go up there and sing on stage and john keep in, keep this in mind watch out for her okay when she's on stage performing in the next week what's cool about that moment when she's in the studio she's going to be conquering that moment again and again and again when she's on stage that's what's great about it instead of i'm sure you have that feeling like instead of approaching that feeling okay here comes this part where i have to sing you won't have to approach it with dread it's like i've conquered this shit before i got this each performance you're going to be topping it with the next one the next one the next one so that's one that's a cool thing to think about um that's a a, cool way to see it a, a friend of mine who was in a band like back in the day um he uh, he he talked to me about this and it's that's how he's able to perfect himself it's he's conquering the, that demon like here fuck you fuck you fuck you again mm-hmm. it's just you know that's really cool and it's it's yeah. almost like a point where you you feel what's the word empowered like mm-hmm. after the sh- after the set just watch kitty's gonna be like ready to go like like <laughs> run through a wall like she's gonna be ready yeah. on like adrenaline after your yeah. set so she's yeah. you're gonna be in a great mood so i i'm i'm yeah. so happy to hear hear about that and I, I hope you just you know keep doing what you're doing again it's it's so cool to hear that as well you know i and i know we've covered up a good amount of ground and it's awesome conversation mm-hmm. guys uh thank you for sharing so much about you know who you guys are and what saint agnes is all about i know representing east london uh music scene in the in the process and the form of art that you guys convey and you know from the different experiences and perspectives and each of your timelines timelines that you have taken in which we have discussed about performing for as long as you have and and the people you have met and work with doing not just this record but even in the past mm-hmm. the touring your fan base which is growing the relationship with your bandmates yourself and the music I'm gonna say ten years. I'm not making you guys feel making you feel old, but it's not an easy thing to do. Yeah. But I feel like we're entering an exciting chapter with Saint Agnes here and this album here. I'm excited to see where you go from here. And and, and I'm gonna say it again. There's a level of inspiration here. You're seeing results at the same time, which is mm-hmm. really cool. I believe it's also cool to to celebrate your sex successes along the way. That's 
I've learned a lot about myself in the last three years. I haven't done that as much. I just graduated a couple of weeks ago. You know, that's something that I got to celebrate. And I think you yeah, guys should I celebrate. Should, yeah. Thank you. Thank you guys. Yeah. Uh, I want yeah. you to celebrate this album right. too. Yeah. I, I wonder if, as I finish this uh, conversation here, have your aspirations as musicians or hell as human beings, have they changed or evolved since when you first started performing in the industry? Like, do you guys see things differently today? I think yeah. I should give you the wings for this one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think uh, it's just like going, going back to what Kitty said earlier about really clarifying why we're doing this and what we want from it. And it is artistic satisfaction to make something that we are truly proud of because, you know, we play in the grand scheme of things, we play as obscure, weird, noise, punk rock. You know, Love it. And we're not going to be Beyonce and we have no aspirations to be something like that. Um, the reward for us is, has got to be our first, like the satisfaction. And we've learned that having, having someone else make your videos or someone else help you write a song for us, like, for us it, it just doesn't scratch the itch. Yeah, just 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 it's not about having a music video, it's about making making a music video ourselves so that we're completely, you know, in charge of like everything about it. It can't, it's it's trying to put what's in here like out into the world to mm -hmm. make something like tangible. Mm -hmm. Um like in as in a pure as pure a way as possible. Mm -hmm. um, and I'd say yeah, that's like I think particularly what's gone on in my life like the last couple of years has really solidified that that's like what the aim should be like mm -hmm. nothing else yeah yeah, yeah. Like, that well, and the, the connection with the, the audience is crap. Yeah. yeah the only thing that matters is like the art and exactly the connections like you can make with, yeah. with the other humans and we've, we've been fortunate enough to play some really like big events and stuff and you watch other bands from backstage and you see stuff going on and every band has their own kind of culture within it and sometimes you'll see a band that's playing amazing show to a huge amount of people but maybe like a few of the members of the band it's just kind of more of a day job really for them yeah. you know they're just their paycheck and stuff and you see it and you think would i want to do that and the answer for us is no and it's and it's not because if if the people who want to do that that's absolutely fine like that's their choice and it's it works for them but for us any level of success has to be a hundred percent on our terms otherwise it's meaningless um yeah. we're here to make connections with people we're not here to uh just like boost streaming numbers you know Wait, what we got uh i'm looking at the date god we got one month till it's out i cannot wait yeah. oh, it's wow. gonna be july 21st already but this is gonna be a great summer leading up to this you know and I'll, uh so i'm gonna finish this up but i forgot to ask this earlier and i'm thinking about it you guys are about to start on tour soon right mm -hmm. well, how many days until sunday sunday, sunday. Yeah. Okay, what are some essentials you take with you on the road? Let's do a little pre-tour prep here. <laughs> so whoever wants to go first, have you guys started packing yet? Mm -hmm. Are you looking to bring in new things with you? Because this is going to be, <laughs> yeah. We haven't, we haven't, we haven't done a, a European tour since before COVID. Yeah. So there's been a so, few things where we're like. Oh, fuck, we need like, to get that. One shit. thing. Uh, let, let, this be, let this be a reminder. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Plug adapters. I'd say that's the number one most important thing. It's like travel adapters. Yeah. Um, Suddenly realizing you haven't got enough of those on the first yeah. night of a tour is not going to not gonna uh, be good. 
Um, Very true. I mean, the, we've got, I think a lot of the prep has come like, it's quite painful because Brexit has absolutely fucked oh, like, everything. Oh, yeah, yeah. About I didn't think about that. Together. Yeah, so so there's a lot of pain and expense that at the moment is clouding kind of like the excitement. We're finally allowing ourselves to get excited about going on this tour because we're kind of, I think we're ready. I think we're ready. I think we're ready. Y'all are ready. Um, ready. I, I can. Like, I know you guys are ready. We we to be honest, we we don't have many essentials. So we travel pretty light. We yeah. have like our gear. We're not. We don't sit in the van playing computer games. We don't. Like we we're all about the music and the experience. Honestly, yeah. like we're just we're so one dimensional in our kind of enjoyment of being just together as a band and playing shows that we just sit in the van between shows talking about last night and what we're gonna do better tonight. That's it. That's pretty much very it. Very boring. Really. Yeah. No, that's yeah. Like, that is exciting. You guys are you guys are living living the way you guys are doing what you want to do and yeah. no one can stop you. You know, that's and I and I've said it again. I'm proud of you guys. Keep doing what you're doing. And uh, you. as we finish this up, do you guys have any like last words? Just any shout outs? Anything else you'd like to plug in or mention as far as Saint Agnes and the new album? Maybe a new music video. Whatever you cannot cannot can I say? I don't make you guys. We uh, we, we have we've made something we're really proud of actually. Um, finished it just now. Yeah. So oh. we. I'll just, oh, fuck it. I'll just stay with it. <laughs> Um, <laughs> we'll we'll release this closer to the album release if that helps. Okay, so it'll be, it'll be out. It'll be then. out. It'll yeah. be out. It'll be out. Um, our manager will be pleased. Um, but yeah, so the song "This Is Not the End," which is a song I wrote, um, I really wanted to get a song on the album that was totally about my mum and and, and the oh, way I felt man. dying and and the grief and everything. And I wanted to write something that was just completely about that. Um, so we wrote "This Is Not the End." And we've done a, it's the next single that's coming out. Um, and we've made, we went up to Rockfield Studios in Wales. Yeah. Um, which is where Bohemian Rhapsody was recorded and loads of other just iconic tracks. Um, and we went up there and we've done like a piano, a live uh, version of the song, like on the grand piano. Um, and it's just, I'm really proud of it. Um, it, it really honours the relationship with my mum I'm, I'm not very happy with it yeah I mean, it, the album the album version is incredibly raw and was written quickly and kind of in the moment mm. and then it was Dante at Spine Farm who suggested he was yeah. like I think that song's really special and we'd like to send you to go and just just film and record a live version of that and see what comes of it and we did it and I mean Kitty did an amazing one take performance of playing the piano part and singing it I mean, maybe even more emotionally kind of like than the, the, the album version is. It's amazing. And um, yeah, it's a very simple kind of like video of just that moment in time and can't wait to share it because mm -hmm. I think it really shows that amongst all the rage and the chaos of the album, there's like, it really helps communicate what's at the heart of a lot of the more um, uh, meaningful side of the lyrics of the album. Man, you can't see it right now. I got I got goosebumps as you guys were describing that to me. I can't wait for it to drop. And that's such a powerful track. I mean, next to I mean, now that you're mentioning like just so much about that track, that may be my second best favorite now, you know, and next to I mean nothing to you. Like those um those songs just mean so much to I I, I feel like not only you, but even for people who are listening to this podcast, you know, who have lost someone, who are going through the things that they are going through, can take something away from this and feed into something that's creative and and so personal and something so productive and healthy, 
healthy. That's the cool thing about this. Like yeah. everything you're doing, it's it's so healthy to see this and seeing you guys talk about it. I mean, each of you, when you when, throughout the interview, by the way, whoever spoke, you guys were looking at the other person talk. That's I loved seeing that because it shows chemistry, shows trust, shows building that uh uh what is it that 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 teamwork the camaraderie within bandmates and it's so great to see coming from someone i come from a family musician so it's just it's just cool to see someone like that from you too uh and please come to texas i'm just a fan but please find a way to make texas the first date that's just me Uh, again (laughs) that's just that's just the fan in me but um everyone who's listening i'm let you guys go now thank you so much for just putting up with me i took an hour away every time (laughs) apologies but um and everyone listening, this is the amazing Kitty and John from St. Agnes. Blood Circus drops July 21st on Spine Farm. Do me and the guys a favor. Please pick up the album, buy the album, because the bands can't do it without your help. It means a lot to us because it goes a long way. Guys, I'm old-fashioned. I still buy records that's sitting in the corner of my room. People are coming up cassettes these days. That's crazy. I have to like explain to the younger generation what a cassette is now like because I'm mm-hmm. I'm actually buying those again, getting a tape, <laughs> tape adapter. Anyway, <laughs> the... Uh, and don't forget, you can listen to this podcast on all the major podcast streams out there. Check us out on interviewunderfire.com. Uh, John and Kitty, much love. Thank you from the bottom of my heart. Uh, nothing but love for, for you guys. Nothing but the best for from here on out. Have a great tour. All right. You. Enjoy Thank yourself. You. Uh, let's stay connected on the socials. I'll love to uh, stay connected with you guys, and I'll keep you posted sure. once this episode airs, okay? Yeah. Sure. Brilliant. All right. Thanks take so care. Much of your time. Hey, take care of each Thank other. Take care of yourselves. I'll see you guys next time. Have a good day. See you. Bye bye. <laughs>